Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, no, it, it was good. I was, but I was bummed out that uh, we didn't podcast yesterday because I've been working pretty much all like still with my weekend. You know what I mean? Like, and I can't. This is one of those things where I can't tell if I'm setting up appropriate boundaries or if, like, am you're I, not. I? You're you're not. Uh, yeah, I can. I can yeah. That's exactly what uh, Colton said too, because uh, on Friday night, this guy, like, I just assumed, okay, we're gonna put this away, and I'm not gonna work on it anymore. It was already 6 p.m., and I've been working since seven, so that's like an 11-hour day. Right. And uh, and then this guy's like calling me as if I should still be working on this thing, and I was like, well, we're working on something for a place in Virginia by. 6.30 p.m., it's it's already 9.30 there. I don't know what you want me to accomplish. They're already closed. What difference does it make? Right. But then because, like, I felt all guilty about that, I woke up early on Saturday and just, like, worked. And it's like, yeah. You know, it's like, how do you find balance between being the kind of guy who gets things done and takes initiative and owns it and all those kind of, like, you know, things? But... At the same time, you still make time for yourself and, and don't allow other people to interrupt that. I mean, that's that's where I'm trying to walk that line. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it, it sounds like you're at a, a time in your work uh, space where you need to be working a lot. Yeah. But do you ever turn that off? I mean, not recently. Uh, COVID well, it, has been problematic well, with that. So Right. So you haven't actually turned it off. So you've been at, at this level for the entire time you've been there since you've been back, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you're taking vacation next week or whenever that happens. It's already October, which is crazy. It's, yeah, that it's is crazy. It's already October. But, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you need to do that uh, on a weekly basis. Maybe you only work four days a week. Yeah, that's. I was, I was thinking about something to that effect. Like, maybe I just need to start, instead of, like, waiting to take one long vacation, which is what I'm doing, and it's not even that, I mean, it's a week, but that's five business days, you know what I mean? Right. It's, you know, whatever. Um, but I think instead of doing that, where I do something in, like, bulk for a long period of time, I think I just need to pepper in days more regularly uh, so that I'm not just doing this... All, all the time like just burning the candle at both ends because on top of that then you know I also dislocated my shoulder this week because I've been going hard at the gym so it's like ugh uh, you didn't you weren't using that flow roll were you no I wasn't that's you the miscalculated thing. your uh, exactly it would have been better had, had I been using flow roll I think things would have turned out differently uh, is there a task or something menial that you do at your job that nobody else does uh, yeah uh, is there a way to like block out a day in your schedule just for that task? So you're not having to respond to emails or have people bug now, you for this other thing. That's a really interesting idea. I hadn't really thought about doing something like basically setting myself up with a day where it's like, hey, this is my day for xyz what it could be is like you know contract level research which is needed all the time but it's like hey this is my day for research i don't answer phone i don't answer emails i'm just doing that right i assume you have a calendar that everyone sees and kind of just inserts themselves into your calendar yeah basically so i i, I you know why don't you set aside half a day for that you know mm. or three days a week you do that for half a day yeah just so you're not yeah, I need to. I need to get more. Uh, that that's another thing that I think is something that I see very, like intelligent people doing, or people who are smart about their how they run their business, or something like that, or people who are are a little bit more put together, is they actively block out time on their calendar, uh, for things in the future. Whereas I kind of don't. I just like let things happen, which ends up putting me in a reactive state at work as opposed to just like, oh, I'm proactively like, this is the time that I set aside for this specific thing. So that's all I'm doing. Like I allow myself to be more reactive and allow people to, uh, you know, kind of interrupt my workflow on things. So, so that's actually probably a wise, uh, a wise suggestion. Yeah. Maybe every Friday, just block out the whole day. Be like, well, or every other Friday or whatever you need. Maybe you need mm -hmm. two days next week because you're over this week, you know, just like, yeah. like and not really, use it as 
you know, I mean, working on yourself is definitely going to make you work better at your job, right? Right. And you've been able to say no to people because you have to work on you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you need to define when you're going to work on you. Otherwise, you won't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's kind of just how I feel right now is that I'm so there's so much other stuff that I kind of wanted to accomplish this weekend. But because I'm so tired from work, it's like I just don't have it in me. You know what I mean? Like it's I've completely dumped all the energy into one bucket and, and I haven't balanced it out. I finally finished The Count of Monte Cristo. Good Lord, that book was long. <laughs> you say that every week. Yeah, I say it every week that that book is super long. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's Hey, well, there was also, I mean, there was that stint on CSS where I was talking about, what book was it for like weeks? Uh, Principles. That's right. I was, it, yeah. it was Principles, oh, yeah, Principles. by Ray Dalio. <laughs> was I supposed to read that? I don't think I did. I mean, it's pretty long, so I don't know if, uh, but it's, it's pretty I, I, I'm digestible. Over it. I'm You're over it. it? You're yeah. not going to read principles? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just going to get you, the next time you have me watch a movie, just like how we traded uh, uh, Commando for Lagan, I'm, I'm going to just get you to Del- read Delta principles. Force. Delta Force, that's right. Why do I keep thinking Commando? Basically the same movie. Same movie. Well, so as you mentioned before, it's October now, which is blowing my mind uh, because I could have sworn it was like june just the other day right well this week it turns to october i mean it's yeah. technically still september but uh it's it's literally the tail end what is it it's 27th thank god that means wednesday has to be the 30th and that means quarter is over and i don't have to do anything i mean no i still do but good lord this this has been a uh, crazy but yeah uh i feel like the the covid timeline has kind of accelerated like i i feel like uh it was it was early on in in the year and we were all very un- uh, maybe it's because we feel like no time has passed because we don't have a resolution yet you know what i mean like covid still is i mean it's more known about like it's not as mysterious as it was i guess back in february or in march or something like that but it's still a problem and i feel like therefore we're probably like we feel arrested or suspended in one place right we're definitely at a point where we are uh like it's a problem but we're just ignore it because you know we're americans (laughs) that's what we do we don't deal with anything we kind of just ignore it for three months and then it'll go away right yeah, or as is the case with some of these other issues, just ignore it for decades, and <laughs> yeah, now it's it'll now just it's go away, up. right? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's that is a very um, uh, classic American thing. Yeah. Um, so so I don't know. I, it uh, you surprised me this week by telling me this is the the twelfth episode. Well, I think technically this is the thirteenth episode. This is the thirteenth. We've already had the twelfth. I think so. How do we number the first one? I don't, so, okay, that's the question, because uh, I think we did a first one that either was an episode that we were just like, eh, it's, it's pretty meh about, or we ended up pushing it out. I forget. Uh, we, well, this, is, this is our 12th one. This is our 12th? Yes. Okay, so there definitely was a meh episode at the beginning. Well, you know, I feel like they're all kind of meh. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you, you can't be shocked at how bad the show is when it's uh, just a steady rate every week exactly <laughs> yeah but uh okay so we've been we've been uh we've been talking ramen profitable for uh 12 months. weeks now yeah three months um what uh you you said you kind of wanted to check in and, and that made me curious it's like because it's one of those things where um and this is a really stupid analogy but you know how you don't notice someone like my friend Colton lost a bunch of weight, but because I saw him all the time, it was just like, oh, this is what Colton looks like now. So it wasn't like that shocking before and after sort of thing. You know Exactly, what I mean? yeah. Th- yeah, there's definitely, uh, yeah, like with the gradual, watching someone gradually change, is, it's just the the shock's not there for you because. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you, it, it you kind of You see the incremental me- changes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's uh, it's kind of like how you don't notice how much you're changing from year to year or something because it's like I always look at myself in the mirror when I'm brushing my teeth or something like that. So it's like I'm very familiar with what I look like, so I don't notice when I change all that much. Right. Uh, but but I don't know that that kind of made me think. It's like where where are you from a I guess uh, business standpoint now versus three months ago because three months ago. Uh, 
we were in the real middle of COVID and I'm wondering like, so a have things changed kind of for you? Has your perspective changed? And then if so, how, like, like what, what uh, are you making lemonade of this uh, COVID situation or, or what's the deal? Uh, well, I was making lemonade when it first started cause I had, you know, a steady gig that was keeping me busy and afloat. So now yeah. I'm at a point where I don't have that anymore. Yeah. So now it's like, what do you do now? Yeah, and what's really interesting, though, is that this is the age of the content creator, but, like, I feel like it's also very restricted. Like, this is the, there are more avenues and more channels and more availability to people than ever before and more people watching stuff, but at the same time, only in these restricted mediums like uh, TikTok and YouTube where everyone can stream themselves gaming or something like that, but how can you make a, a movie right now or how are you actually making this content that's outside of that kind of scope. Exactly. And also I was trying, I was getting to a point with the filmmaking career where I wanted to get investors and like move on to larger budgets. But now everyone's kind of like saving their money for basic needs. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the, the one industry that doesn't seem to be doing that for some reason, everyone keeps telling me that real estate is really hot right now. And I don't know what that means at all. Or everyone's refinancing their home because of interest rates. Again, I don't know what that means. I'm not like a real adult. I just, you know, I, I look like one, but I, I'm not on the inside. But yeah, I, I mean, that's that's kind of the overarching effects. And, and the way I even see it, I remember, uh, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I was really bummed out in the initial parts of, uh, of uh, lockdown and, and COVID because uh, I was, there was all those articles that said like, oh, movie theaters aren't going to survive. Right. And I was like, well, shit, like, because there were a lot of movies that I was looking forward to coming out, but nobody wanted to release them because nobody, it's like, you're, you're not going to get the numbers. You're not going to get the returns. And then basically, I guess what the hope is, is that you don't want to blow your, uh, like big movie of the year when nobody's going to go see it. So you just hold it until, you know, you shelve it until whenever. And, uh, I think that happened with Tenet. I think Tenet blew their load. Really? Yeah, I think they should not have released this movie right now. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like I even was interested in seeing it, and I haven't right. seen it. I'm exactly the problem. I'm right. the problem. Well, no, you're not the problem at all. I mean, the problem is the situation we're in. It's this environment yeah. we're in. It's not It's you being a thoughtful person of other people, right. not wanting to go to a enclosed room for three hours. Yeah, well, and it's and it's just because every now and then, like, if I don't sleep well or something, or, you know, even right now, but at least now I can point it to being a little hungover, but, like, any day that I don't sleep well or I don't whatever, I'm just like, oh, my God, is this COVID? Like, is this that? I'm, I'm feeling a little run down. Is that the fatigue that you're supposed to experience? Or, like, oh, man, something in my chest hurts. Like, that must be. So I'm just, I'm constantly in a state where I'm just like, oh, I probably shouldn't surround myself with other people. Because right. I, I feel like I'm going to, I'm not worried so much about getting it because all signs would point to that, like, oh, you know, I'm a young, healthy guy. Although I am very nervous about the like lasting effects that we're, we're not aware of. Uh-huh. But I'm kind of more concerned about giving it to somebody because, for instance, it's like uh, my, my folks really wanted me to come out, but they're both in their 70s. And it just seems kind of risky. You know what I mean? So luckily... Uh, we we met outside because they've got a great backyard and we just like ate on opposite ends of the table from one another. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's, that's, I think that's a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more uh, impressed by people that are thoughtful like that versus people that are looking for conspiracy theories and saying, <laughs> is this over yet? Can we move past this, please? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, but that's that's sort of the th- well, yeah, exactly. To me, the the kind of thought process is that like this costs me very little. Like uh-huh. the the effort to put on a mask and go do whatever, or the effort to just all right, maybe stay at home as much as possible, you know, whatever. It doesn't actually cost me anything. I'm not like it. It sucks in some regards, but like in the grand scheme of things, I uh, am very fortunate. I still have a, a job that I'm making. A, great income off of I have was never worried about losing my job I can pay my rent everything's going fine mm-hmm. so for, for me it's like I have the luxury or the privilege really to to be able to not really rock the boat but then when I see things about you know um, oh this many restaurants are closing permanently and the movie theaters are closing and stuff like that it kind of makes me feel because I also really just enjoyed let's even take the the movie out of it right I enjoyed going to the theater it's right 
Awesome. A lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now that they have all like it's, it's pretty standard to have those reclining chairs that are like a little bit more spacious. Oh, phenomenal. I can sit in a cold, dark air conditioned room in Phoenix, which is crucial because even today it's like, it's getting up to uh, the hundreds. Yeah. It's hot again this week. It's not good. It's It's not not good. Yeah. It's not good. So, you know, uh, that that really kind of bummed me out at the beginning of of COVID, and it seems like they're hanging on pretty okay. But yeah, I was uh, I was interested to see what would happen with Tenet, for instance, because that's like a big blockbuster movie. Christopher Nolan, everyone's pretty into that stuff, but it's not performing well, huh? It's uh, not doing as well as it should be, and I think they haven't released numbers yet. But I think Mulan did better than Tenet. Really? Yeah. Did versus, that have a theatrical release or was it on streaming? That was streaming and that, that was they released it on streaming and it was like 30 bucks to stream it. Interesting. Yeah, which is, you know, a little expensive, but new releases are like 10 bucks to stream online yeah. anyway. So, or not 10 bucks, 20 bucks. So it's like an extra 10 bucks to stream Mulan. Yeah. Well, so has this also, because that was part of your, uh, part of your business plan, I remember reading... Uh, when we were either at that coffee shop or that bar or that bar coffee shop. At that bar coffee shop. At that yeah. bar drinking coffee. Yeah, at that bar drinking coffee. Or that coffee um, shop drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, your, your business plan was kind of to, to scale up with the, the help of investors and being able to kind of make these larger budget movies for releases eventually. Right. Ha- has this kind of changed, has the past, you know, three months, has that really kind of changed your outlook on, on what your method of delivery is going to be or, or kind of what your objectives are? Or are you, are you still uh, like you, you think that this, this ship can be turned around? What, what do you think? I don't know. It's it's an interesting uh, thing to think about. I, I know. So that we have a producer, a star of our movie, Betsy, who's going to mm-hmm. help us go out and you know raise money and all this fun stuff. And she's very. Um, I don't know. I, I think some of the the older, uh, wealthy population has is so disconnected from the real world. Mm-hmm. They're just in their own little bubble. So I kind of want to exploit that because if she's just going off in her world. Like, why not just exploit that? But then on the flip side of that, I'm thinking, how are we going to produce it safely? You know, let's say she goes out and finds the money. How do we make the movie safely? Right. So is now the time to really even pull the trigger on that? So it's it's a weird uh, dynamic right now. So we're just we're just hoping to make something to release something so then we can have that income come in. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. That And that makes total sense because... You know, I there's there's the aspects of it that, of course, I'm thinking of, right? Because I'm immediately jumping to revenue. That's immediately where my right. head goes. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, so, you know, theatrical releases aren't even doing that good and everyone's distance and there's kind of a whole ethical thing with that. But I didn't even think about production side. I mean, how, how do you get that? Like, uh, for instance, in Good Cop, Mom Cop, you've got uh, like a fight scene between uh, Betsy and like, four to five other people and they're actually coming in physical contact and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's how, how do you even shoot something like that? You know, exactly. So with, um, with everyone at a, at a certain level of comfort, obviously. Right. I think it would all require testing Yeah, and testing is expensive. So yes. I think it's, if we were to do something now, it would add a, a large amount to the budget or take away from the budget, yeah. a large amount of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely true is you have to basically contribute quite a bit of like what you had budgeted or open up a new line in your budget for like right. strictly COVID related expenses, like p- protective equipment for people while they're in between scenes or something like that. Like, man, yeah, it's, I, I didn't even think about that, but what I thought was really interesting was that you, and, and I'm now I'm wondering if I imagined this or if this is actually true, but d- didn't you have an alternative strategy where you were going to like do a podcast, uh, like story narrative or like a, uh, uh, like I want to say like a, you didn't, you didn't make it up, but we didn't talk about it yet. We didn't talk about it yet. No. So the, the, so how pivot, did I get this in my head? <laughs> Cause I told you about it after we finished the podcast last week. Oh, was this not ready for a podcast? Uh, uh well, no, I don't think it's not, not ready. So, <laughs> so, uh, what, what, uh, we decided to do was to start building an audience, which is going to be important to making those sales, uh, once the movie is made. Mm-hmm. So it's, if we start building the audience now, let's say we make the movie in six months and then release it six months after that, we, we were already building this audience 
uh, from there to hopefully make sales go way better than starting from scratch from for just the movie. So we're going to yeah. do a scripted, a scripted podcast with the Harriet character from the short film mm-hmm. with Betsy doing the voices and integrating some characters from the short film and integrating some characters from the new feature. So we get to introduce everybody yeah. and kind of just introduce these characters and kind of build an audience off of this uh, property. So I think a lot of people listen to podcasts now. 100%. I think that's a, a, a medium where a lot of people uh, consume content there. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a trend in movies and television where podcasts are being converted into TV shows or movies mm-hmm. or, or movies of the week, stuff like that. And so we're, we're just going to create our own intellectual property, basically. Yeah. Hopefully build an audience, get some buzz around it and kind of take that and just snowball it into our own creation of a movie. Yeah. Well, well, it's like, and and maybe this is again just my imagination. I don't know if if you actively phrased it this way or not, but in my head, what I'm imagining is like one of those old, uh, like radio shows where it's like it's not just people talking, but it's actively like sounds and stuff like that as well. Is that what you're talking about, or are you talking about like, like? Like podcasting, but but obviously narr- narrated. Yeah. No, it'd definitely be more like a War of the Worlds, the original yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Where yeah. Okay, like- so I didn't make any of this up. I, I'm, I'm glad. It's like, because I don't remember talking to you about this, but I was like, where did I get this impression that this was happening? <laughs> There's a special on Netflix right now, and I think it's called What About Dick? And okay. Eric, Eric, Eric Nyes, I want to say, one of the uh, Monty Python guys wrote it, and it's actually pretty funny. Hmm. And it's like a stage play. They re- recorded it like a radio show, and it's mm. it's pretty funny. That's that's probably a good example. They had like a fake guy doing sound effects in the corner, but it was just <laughs> like fake doing it, so that made it funny. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's be more of a radio play type of show. Yeah, I think that's cool because it's it's pivoting to something that um, a is doable right now, and b is it's it's putting you into where people get their content these days like that that just actively is true is that i think you're right a lot of people are listening to podcasts now more than ever and i think that there's a certain amount of um like but there's also a certain amount of fatigue with it you know what i mean which i know is such a ridiculous thing to say so you know don't don't uh, quote me on that but like there there is a little bit of uh you know I get a little tired of listening to podcasts where it's like they're just reviewing whatever's happening on the news or something like that. And it keeps me like there's sometimes when I, I appreciate that and need to be there. But at the same time, I need a little bit of escapism here. I need some uh, no, I need to not be so aware of everything that's moving and shaking around me. So I've, I've been getting a little fatigued on uh, podcasts in the traditional sense because I've just been listening to them like crazy since COVID started but this is something that would be different and it'd be it'd be pretty unique I mean I don't I don't know uh there's something that I can think of that's alike to it that um if you haven't listened to you should um which is well it's not even really like that though uh is it the Wolverine one no what's that uh there's like a there's like a Wolverine one that Marvel put out yeah there's like two seasons of it oh no kidding yeah Oh, I had no idea these things were happening. Yeah, I, I guess, guess they're not as uh, they're not as common as I thought they would be. Yeah, I mean, for as everyone's saying that everyone's starting a podcast, I, I it's hard to. I think there's maybe like twenty that I could find. What's What's interesting? Yeah, well, a that's true, but also b, I just had, and I'm sure this was already part of your idea, but it's like that would also be a good way to uh, be on YouTube at the same time. Like you could film some of the like recording and stuff like that because that's interesting in and of itself you know what i mean like doing a radio play or something like that it's like that's super interesting and i know i've seen old footage of people like shaking corrugated tin or something near near a microphone and that's basically what my impression is so basically something from the 1930s (laughs) well we wouldn't be doing that we would edit in sound effects on right right of course but um but it'd be interesting to like you know just it'd be a short clip of uh you know people talking into mics and and making something happen i feel like that'd be super cool to also watch in that format as well i think so yeah maybe or even just having i don't know i think we're not uh exploiting youtube as much as we should be we probably should be putting this on youtube yeah that that's i mean that's really the thing that i think we've learned from this this little period in time is that youtube is actually the medium i think that 
that drives everything like or or yeah. it's it's i think it's where audience people connect with and that might be because i'm just slanted because it's my favorite uh like I, I don't know what you would even call it app or like my favorite uh, streaming service, you know, uh-huh. because it's like I will gravitate towards YouTube over Netflix, over Hulu, over anything. And I'm not really sure why that is, actually. But uh, I think this has been the time for it. Any pod like podcasts have started doing video segments, which they didn't used to do. Like I know the really big podcasts like Joe Rogan have been doing that for forever. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But they've been doing like a video component that's just all right. Here's us having a three hour conversation. Whereas right. A lot of these kind of more modern podcasts, they like they have clips and they have like little segments and stuff like that that they do video segments for, and that really picked up over the past you know six months while we've been in quarantine, um, and, and I think that's I mean YouTube is very clearly I think the the dominating platform uh, for well, at yeah, least it's like now. the second highest uh, website for web traffic. What's the first? Google. So people oh, go to Google, that, then yeah. people go to YouTube, and I yeah. think the third one is IMDb. Really? Yeah, the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> the Internet Movie Database. Uh, I find that really hard to believe. I know. I when I when I heard it, uh, I was I didn't believe it either. But then um, the, it was in the context of someone was pitching content. They went to LA to do a bunch of pitches on animated series or something like that. Uh-huh. And they had uh, meetings with HBO and Netflix and CBS. They met with everybody. And then they threw in their IMDb because IMDb was starting to create their own content and curate their own content. Right. Yeah. Because um, they're the third, they have like the, they're like the third highest web traffic website which is insane yeah yeah that actually now that you say that there's an app that came with my tv that's like an imdb like it's like the movies that don't exist on netflix or hulu or amazon prime or you know any of these other stuff those movies exist on imdb like their app yeah and it's it's so wild like i didn't realize that they actually started to at least allocate resources for streaming or for anything because i thought they were just a website where you looked up like i my use of imdb is strictly oh who is that one guy in that one movie like that's pretty much what i use imdb for yeah but a lot of people do that also they use it for movie times and like new stuff and things like that yeah but i was wrong it's number seven ah what's number three youtube Number one is Wikipedia. It's Wikipedia, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, IMDb. Wikipedia beats Google? Yeah, no, which is scary. We That's get, odd. We, we got to create some uh, hilarious articles in Wikipedia. I, I think we should create a uh, we should create a ramen profitable podcast Wikipedia page. Obviously, of course, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, and just start giving like false to stati- just say we're the like number 20th listen to podcast in the United States, like number 20 in downloads or something on the iTunes list. And like, we just put out a whole bunch of fake shit and use that as our like, you know, if people start buying into it, we just use that as our, uh, our tipping point or not. And... <laughs> Don't want to yeah. do that. So for me, um, Here's here's what my main so well first of all uh, yeah I think you're right I think video is the new is the thing because yeah. everyone is able to uh, like there's never been more uh, Twitch streamers yeah I don't get it I don't really get it either because I don't understand and and it's probably because I'm not the right audience right but um, I don't. Probably because I'm not playing video games that much, so why would I watch somebody play video games? It, it's not really, you know, it doesn't it doesn't connect for me. Well, it's like that. Like uh, I don't know if you have friends with kids and how kids like to watch YouTube videos of other kids opening up uh, presents and yeah, toys. What's that? I don't know. It's like what's going on? And <laughs> have those kids grown up enough to watch other people just play games? And it's just like what's what's going on with our society here? Like how are people socializing <laughs> nowadays? Yeah, no, I mean, it's true, but it but it really points to the fact that, you know, like, Twitch has never been bigger, YouTube's never been bigger, and I think that everyone now has an availability or an understanding of how you can be a content creator, even in these kind of restricted times where it's it's not that we can... So, so that's kind of what I was referring to, is that we're in such a prolific time for content creators, but not the type of content 
that is, you know, people are investing in and people are, it's, it's all very DIY, you know what I mean? And not very like, okay, we're going to get a bunch of cameras. We're going to shoot a film, you know, whatever. I, I feel like for some reason, like, well, not for some reason, because COVID is still a problem and it has added layers of complexity, both in terms of, you know, fiscally, but then also in logistics and pragmatics. I mean, uh, that kind of content creation has taken like a nosedive, whereas the rest of it is just picking the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to bum you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it all com- comes back, uh, comes back to uh, creating quality content. We talked about that with social media last time. It's like you have to make good stuff and stuff that people want to see to stand out from this sea of kids making Video game videos, yeah. Yeah, just just all kinds of stuff. So I'm, I'm sure the top ones that have the most personality, have the most uh, charisma, mm-hmm. you know, are the best at the game, obviously. Uh, and, uh, you know, that makes people want to watch them and be them because that's, you know, what people do when they watch things on screens. Yeah, we have that, like, reptilian part of, in our brain that mirrors just what the other person is doing. So we, like, that's how empathy is built and all kinds of stuff. Right. Um. Yeah, that's uh, you brought up an interesting point, which has kind of been my main struggle during this like three month period of time. Since we're kind of looking back and reflecting during the time of ramen profitable, I'm happy on the one hand that I've made some pretty good strides into an idea, because because usually you know me, I get to the idea stage and then I make a list of a million reasons as to why I'm not doing anything about it. Right. Like, like that's a classic, a Tish move right there is that I just, I'm like, oh, here, I've got this idea, but, oh, I don't have enough degrees or I don't know enough about, you know, whatever. Like I actually, so, uh, I'm pretty happy with the fact that like the progress that I've made, despite the fact that it's been hampered in a lot of ways by, by kind of the, what's going on. Um, like I actually have an idea that I actually think is pretty unique. Um, somewhat, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of started to get, because I think that this is a prime example of having a good idea at the right time, but you still have to watch your ass because the the wave is coming. Right. Like I've started to see some signals, like I'm still in my unique sort of blue ocean territory, but I've started to see some signals based on the ads that I'm seeing on like Instagram and stuff like that. More people are getting comfortable with the idea of nootropics. So now they're being like, marketed out in a whole host of different ways like there's nootropics now there's this company for sigmatic that's doing stuff for that's really like hippie uh like inner peace type of you know that kind of thing so so it's it's these kinds of products that i understand are starting to proliferate out into these other segments so it's only a matter of time until someone bridges the gap in the problem that i'm trying to solve Mm mm-hmm so it's like, I feel like I'm in a good place. I feel like I'm in a very unique place. I uh, actually make, uh, much to the chagrin of my future wife, uh, I make product runs in my kitchen, which looks like I'm dealing drugs. I'm going to be honest with you. It looks not great. It's like, I've got just like brown powder of like ground up <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, I'm, and then I'm like capsuling it. But I've made the mistake because I... I never, I bought the wrong size. I think I talked about this on the podcast. I yeah. bought the wrong size capsule. So then I was trying to cram just a whole bunch of stuff into this like tiny little thing. And I was just getting shit everywhere. <laughs> Anyways, but it's like, I'm, I'm actually happy. I'm executing against something and I'm able to like trial and test things. Um, COVID took a real kind of, because the product segment that I was trying to look for or, or the audience really, martial artists basically got, we got locked out. Right. For for a long period of time. So I didn't get to, you know, see the guys that I wanted to see and like talk to them about this. But that's actually slowly been picking up. And I had a conversation with a guy who um, is not only I think I talked about this on the podcast as well. He's a great sales guy, but also a, a martial arts guy, you know, and he's well equipped. And he was really into the idea. And he's taken uh, a couple sample runs with me. So there's progress being made. But here's something that I struggle with or something that I have been struggling with and I kind of want your take on. I got early on in COVID and then that then the COVID wave kept going. But the uh, then also the like political I mean, this is an election year. So that started to ramp up and, and it's been crazier, I think, than really any other year in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, even I mean post 9-11 but maybe I was too young at the time so maybe I don't uh, remember what that was like I don't know 
but uh but I've been struggling to be active. Like, I think social media is very important for any of kinds of these endeavors. Like, like imagine if you were trying to do Elephant Scout without social media. It's like, how would you audience build? Right. Like, like that's kind of the way that I think you do that currently, either through, you know, whether that's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook groups or, uh, you know, YouTube or, or a website even. That's like, I don't know how you build an audience in the age of COVID without, without, doing that because I don't think people are like picking up books anymore or, or, you know, things like that. Right. It it would be how you'd have to like flashback to like the eighties where people were watching TV and like run commercials. You have to run radio ads. You'd have to run ads in the newspapers and the magazines. So it's definitely a more costly endeavor, which is why film, you know, like film directors from back in the day were more limited. There were fewer of them because you had to go to film school because mm-hmm. that's where you can get your camera and, and you get film discounts. You have to get someone to pay for your film and process the film. Yeah. And it, it was like a whole thing now. But nowadays, anybody can just go out with an iPhone right. and, make a, and make a movie. So it's definitely a new world. So I think it would be more traditional methods of audience building. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so that's sort of the thing is that, you know, if I think about other products in the segment that I'm that I'm looking at, it's like, well, how did I hear about this uh, like pre-workout, or how did I hear about this like fitness tool or whatever? It's definitely not from any magazines, right? Like certainly not. I haven't had a magazine in forever. So okay, it was on the internet. They probably ran an ad on Instagram, or they have some person on Instagram that I follow that uses the product, and that's how. Like I, I kind of feel that's how that works. So unfortunately for me, though. Um, and, and this is totally my own fault. Like I've, I've realized it, um, and it's not too bad, but I'm trying to like, I want to actively work at this. Mm -hmm. I got social media fatigue very early on into COVID and then with politics going all crazy and, and everyone having an opinion and nobody shutting their fucking mouth and like actually listening, but instead everyone just like spouting off. I got really fatigued with, uh, with social media and I basically just quit. Like I stopped posting anything at all. Um, and and yeah, like there was there was my personal account, but that also kind of bleeds into you know would be good messaging for for what you know I'm trying to do with Flow Roll. Which damn it, I don't know how I'm going to come up with another name either. <laughs> well, that's for another day. Yeah, I, I guess that's for another day. But um, but you know, I'm how do I uh, because first I just thought like oh people are actually posting about things that are generally more important than anything I have to say. And that's possibly still true, but at the same time, this is uh, something that I'm ambitious about, so it's something I care about, so therefore it should have a place, right? Right, right. But, uh, but I haven't, I just haven't, like, gotten back in, so it's like, how do you, um, how do you go, because you've gone through kind of a social media transformation recently, it's like, how did you start to do that? Like, did you come up with a plan and then just make a regular content, like, calendar? Or, or how did you go about, like, kind of retooling what you were doing and then executing against that. Well, uh, it was just me talking with our social media manager and just, just thinking about what works, what doesn't work. And so we were just looking at, tr- we would look at trends and it's like memes are trending. So let's do memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you're in your mission statement, you're about being diverse and being, you know, supporting locally. So let's do something in that regard. So we would do shout outs on Tuesdays for Tucson businesses and mm. be like, Oh, this, the surly wench is selling masks now if you need a mask go check them out or cafe passe let us shoot there and they're doing to-go orders you know things like that uh, mm-hmm. just to help build the community a little bit and and then everything else was kind of like cliche token stuff and uh i think we needed to do another reimagining but it'd be you know throwback thursdays or flashback fridays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we had uh these videos where we're doing scene studies and so we'd have actors do like selfie videos Mm-hmm. And then we would edit them together. You were in one of them. You were in Turner, and, Turner and Hooch. Our good and, friend, uh, Mr. Hanks. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I want to pick that up again and just maybe reframe it a little bit. But it was it was kind of um, what has worked in the past. Like, we did that run. And so mm-hmm. we saw what happened. So now we're going to take all that what we learned from that and maybe do another pass on it. Yeah. Maybe do something more focused, more thoughtful as opposed to let's do generic things that have worked mm-hmm. in the past. Let's maybe let's do more specific things. 
So you take almost like a scientific approach to this, basically, where you're you're like everything you're doing is basically putting out little feelers, like putting out little tests, and then you you're observing kind of how that pulls in, and then adjusting your strategy based on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so I mean, in short, you have to be you have to be uh, if you want to be building an audience, you have to be reaching out to them. You have to be engaging with them. That's like that's the name of the game. Well, to have a genuine connection, you do. But I think to build an audience, you have to really define that audience and find out where they live where do they hang out do you know mm-hmm. who your audience is mm-hmm. like does do you know who the audience of flow roll should we do this right now let's do this right now yeah i, I mean that's i i because i want to start posting stuff and i want to start kind of ge- like not generating buzz but i want to start like kind of uh getting at least the voicing down you know what i mean because i want to be able to start executing on stuff but i'm like i'm just so kind of unaware of how you start to do that right well i guess the first step is where do you want to build your audience i i feel like youtube or instagram are the two are the two main platforms and if i think about it and this is of course the category now i'm there's the potential that i'm being very biased because it's the things that i look at because i am the person that i would be marketing to Right. You see what I'm saying? So right. I, I also don't want to be like, basically stop me if I'm making leaps and assumptions because it's just stuff that I do. You know what I mean? Because, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I think these types of people are on YouTube and on Instagram because I'm on YouTube and Instagram. You know what I mean? But, but I actually do believe that because um, there are people who are content creators in like that sort of space, like jujitsu guys, like this guy Gordon Ryan is incredibly popular and he's big on like he started a youtube series that's like him training out of his house and stuff like that because you couldn't go to a gym and he would use instagram as like basically a push funnel to get people onto his youtube channel and subscribe Mm -hmm. uh and so then of course he could monetize that so it wasn't really about him using instagram just as its own and generating ad revenue over there he was using right. it as a funnel to youtube so it's like i kind of think the community of people that i'm looking for because also when covid all uh like is at its peak now we're finally like i think basketball is coming back and football is back but sports were gone the only sport that existed was martial Fencing. arts yeah yeah, sure. Right. Oh, martial arts because they had the the kill island or death island, right? Death Fight island. island. Yeah. Fight island. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, like, I mean, come on. Anyone who's seen Enter the Dragon or Bloodsport or any of those types of movies, it's like that was a dream come true. It's like you mean they're actually going to an island and doing like a martial arts tournament? It's like that's the greatest thing of all time. Right. Um. Well, but, so, but is your intention to build a YouTube channel where you're giving instruction, or do you want to? It sounds like you want to create supplements for this audience right exactly it's like basically what so so that's the thing is that i don't really see it as um like i don't want to create a youtube channel that follows along those kinds of like uh instructional sort of things but i just wanted to create basically uh generate awareness and then kind of use that as like a little tester to um a, a tester to see or like uh, measure interest, I guess you could say, and use right. like social media to gauge interest and then see how I can be because I'm, I'm very focused on uh, kind of looking into my immediate network. But that might be an old school way of thinking. You know, no, what I, mean? like, I don't think so. No, I, I guess what uh, I'm trying to ask is on YouTube, do you plan on creating like vlogs or uh, where so, you're on camera explaining some science, whatever you're planning on doing. On what YouTube. I was thinking about doing was um, doing a uh, doing basically a video with narration over the top. So it would just be like me and Connor at the gym, and th- that's the other complication is that the gym is technically not supposed to be open. So we uh, are like we've been we blocked out the windows so that you can't see it from the street oh my so that way so so then i was like okay well then it looks like i'm just if i was filming i could just be filming in a nondescript location we're just hanging out it doesn't have to be you know whatever but i was thinking we would take some flow roll and and like test it and uh then we would roll like do an hour of drilling and just like rolling and sparring and all that kind of stuff but we would then cut that down to just interesting bits but then we would narrate on top of it and talk about 
flow role and the interesting because like for instance jujitsu is is a it's like human chess it's very it's very thoughtful and so that's kind of why i wanted to make this product so i was thinking about doing like a a, like little series like that because it's also that connor is very interesting in that regard because he's a black belt but he's also a like well-read person and he's just a very interesting guy so he's talking over basically these mechanics of human chess and like martial arts but also talking about how it relates to flow roll and how the product is you know hopefully great and and things like that Uh so that was kind of the avenue that I was taking but then I was like I was trying to match that same idea of how am I going to use Instagram as a push funnel to YouTube but maybe that's a step that I don't need well it's I guess it's uh, I guess it's maybe you're not ready for it maybe you just need to build this audience and then when you're ready to start doing those videos then you can do that mm-hmm. but maybe you're trying to what like is there an i don't know i just think creating videos is a lot of work that people don't realize oh how yeah much, how 100%. much work it is yeah yeah so uh is there another platform or do you even need a second platform to funnel your potential clients to your I mean, audience i mean to? that's kind of the thing it's like the reason why instagram is such i think a rich platform for this kind of this kind of stuff is because it it's it has those tools native like you oh click the link in the bio like that's such a it's like a known mechanic that people are all aware of doing it or then you can uh your post can be an ad where someone can click on it and it takes you directly to the web store Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's already such a well-trafficked medium and it already has these native tools specifically for business and like small businesses like drop shipping things which is what i'd be doing so it already has those native tools in there. So that's why it seems like that would be the platform that would be the most easy to like migrate. And from what you were talking, I was thinking a lot about what we were talking about. What was that last week where we were talking about engagement? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that and it's like, well, that's how you would reach that community. Maybe not here in Phoenix, but that's how you would reach that community like everywhere and and be able to like have a conversation about it you know what i mean or or be able to to say like hey i've noticed that like it would i feel like it would allow me to tell the story really well behind the product that like hey i noticed that there's not really a product for this segment of people and for this purpose and i think it'd be really interesting if there was here's here's my thoughts or here's my you know whatever Mm -hmm. and i feel like that'd be a good way to communicate with people but i don't know if that gets lost in all the instagram noise and and all that kind of thing I don't know. What about uh, something with more of like a forum type setting, like a like a Reddit? Yeah, Reddit scares me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm just not familiar. Like I'm a guy who knows how to read Reddit. Like, I, and I remember that took me a while too. It was just like understanding, like, oh, okay, this is a sub thing, and then that has like layers down and all that kind of stuff. But I've never posted, and I've never I've never. Uh, but I mean, that's. Also, a, an interesting thought. Have you, or do you uh, Reddit often? I don't. I've never Reddit it. <laughs> You've never Reddit it. I probably should. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and it's a really dedicated uh, community too, right? It's like you know, people on Reddit are are the first ones to break any story, or the first ones to like post something, or the first ones to know about anything. But I have a friend that's uh, she's a diver and she's living in New Zealand right now. She kind of picked the best year to move to New Zealand. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> and she was starting a YouTube channel where she was kind of like vlogging. And it's like, oh, I went and dived in Mexico today. And mm-hmm. so she would like edit a video and she would go, uh, you know, she'd have to take her GoPro underwater and have her underwater camera stuff. And she'd have all these cool videos and she'd edit them all together. And she was telling me that she had the most engagement and got the most boost in views from posting on Reddit. Really? And to like dive uh, subreddits. I don't know what they're called. Huh. But yeah, so she was saying like, hey, everybody, I made a new YouTube. What do you think about it? And then people would, you know, chat about it. They would share it. They would re-r-sub it. I don't know. <laughs> don't oh, don't AMA me about Reddit. <laughs> yeah. But I'm bummed. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really dedicated uh, community slash fan base. It's, it's not immediately what I thought of when you were talking about like... Uh, where you would build your audience, but that's certainly a thought. And I think it does have a lot of native, like now the problem with that is that the, like, for instance, I could post that in like our MMA, right. But those people are a bunch of savages. Like those people are some of the meanest people on the planet. <laughs> is it, is it the same as uh jujitsu? Does jujitsu has an R, right? 
Yeah, and I think that would be probably the more appropriate uh, place to post. But um, so so let me ask you this, and this is probably like a very naive sort of question, but it's a uh, it's one that you know. Uh, what do you think the most important part of uh, and and I have a theory about this, so I guess I'm asking a leading question. But what do you think the most important kind of like rule of thumb about posting or or, or starting to build an audience is that pr- what I would presume is that you have to have a point of view about stuff. Like you have to have a message that you're trying to convey. Otherwise, you're just typing things just to type things. I think yeah, I, th- I do think it's uh, it's just about being genuine and mm-hmm. posting something of quality. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know we've maybe talked about this maybe a long time ago. The the asking asking for things yeah so uh, as opposed to giving things mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot of accounts on the instagram that are like give me this give me this or come buy my new thing or yeah. come follow my stuff go click on my link and it's just a lot of asking but no real value is being provided to their mm-hmm. audience and i think you need to provide more often than you think you should be Okay, so that that makes me think, but it's like this already tells me like maybe I'm heading in the wrong direction. Maybe my impulse is exactly wrong. So maybe you you would tell me, but uh, that makes me think that like okay, one of the ways that I could start engaging on Reddit is uh, basically cross posting between our jujitsu and our nootropics and and trying to like start a dialogue there about like hey, uh, jujitsu is a very mental sport. Like here's what I'm finding from like my explorations using nootropics and jujitsu, like what do you guys have similar experiences or, or do you get like how many of you guys train using nootropics and all that kind of stuff. And then that would also be a way to kind of like gauge that interest in the product, not just here at home, but on kind of more of a wide scale. Right. I mean, if you're providing someone your experience and saying, Hey, this is yeah. what I've experienced. What do you think about this? Uh-huh. Or do you agree or disagree with this theory that I'm putting out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so of it. so like the idea that basically um, an excited state of cognition. So basically, any any state of cognition where uh, the threshold for action potentials is lowered. This is probably all very boring, but I'm just here's here's basically my thesis. My um, when you're in that excited state, it's the reason why we drink coffee before we do our work or the reason, you know, we need to get ourselves into a, it's not just, uh, uh, a, a, uh, like a tool for a stimulant, but it's also that you, your capacity for neural function is greater when you're in a more excited and stimulated state. So basically what my thesis is, is if you, there's, there's a twofold reaction that I'm trying to create. Number one is that, I find when I'm on nootropics, I'm far more creative in jujitsu. Like I'm creative in how I'm applying these techniques because there's basically an infinite combination because it's all about how two people's very unique game styles and stuff like that end up matching up, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm more creative and therefore I feel like I'm more successful when I'm doing jujitsu or martial arts with uh, nootropics. But also my, basically my theory is that you can fast track or help your results because if you're more uh mentally present you you uh also are upregulating your working cognition so your ability for memory recall and or also memory storage then you will be able to do better at jujitsu strictly because of the mental aspect of the game so that's what i'm putting out there like that's my that's my idea and so what i'm trying to do is give like a little tool or a little enhancement here that would help you increase your working cognition specifically for like a physical task right so basically that but in a much better way of saying it i think that was pretty good i mean (laughs) it kind of like it says the whole thing so so that's like your your thesis statement is that what you said it was yeah, that's my that's my that's that's why I think that this product is important. All right. So so you need to figure out where those people are that would agree or are searching for uh that type of uh ride to jump on. Yeah. I mean it does it does seem like Reddit is a good idea then because when I am like I'm trying to think of a good example. Um but that's where a lot of people are asking questions about those sorts of angles or, or at least positing that sort of information. I wonder if that gets kind of lost in the in translation in Instagram as a format, because I feel like Instagram is mostly driven by pictures and not exactly a narrative unless you can communicate that visually. 
Right. I wonder if Instagram is a place where you can, you know, make pictures of you rolling with Connor. Yeah. Or have, you know, pictures of you and Connor talking about something or you two do a Instagram live or something. Or you can announce doing your AMAs on Reddit. Some mm. people, you know, just just so you can build audiences of both places. So it might be easier to interact with your audience on Reddit, but it mm-hmm. might be easier to build an audience on Instagram that will transform into buyers, people that will buy flow yeah. roll. Flow roll, yeah. I mean, I I get why you don't like the name, but it also it seems to be working. Like at least it's it's but it's like I oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting concept. I uh it, it's just because I'm so social media like not inept, but I just don't uh like I haven't practiced Th- that kind of an approach so much so I never really think about using them as, as tools for different purposes like that or different forms of engagement really right well you just got to think about who is your ideal audience member mm-hmm. is it a man, male female is it does it matter males females generally probably skewing a little younger in age but and the only reason I say that is because uh of the people who are going to the gym and taking a bunch of supplements and stuff. It's like the older guys who train are usually just the old school water. That's it. Right. Kind of types. Whereas the younger kind of generations are the ones who are like trying all this stuff. So that's the only reason why I think they're kind of more my segment as opposed to a, and where are they, where are they from? Are they in the cities? Are they in the suburbs? Where are they? I mean, both, really. Uh, yeah, both, kind of. It, it really depends because it's, what would you call Tucson? Like, you know what I mean? Because there's plenty right. of people who I met in Tucson who would be interested in that sort of thing. But obviously, my major frame of reference now is in Phoenix. Okay. How are people so, in Phoenix? Do people live downtown? Do they live on the outskirts of Phoenix? Uh, no, everybody. Like, if you live in the outskirts of Phoenix, uh, that's that's no man's land. I don't know where you go to train for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like people who, who train either live in Scottsdale, Central Phoenix, or, uh, like maybe certain parts of Mesa. So what do they do for a living? Are they like business types? Are they, uh, self-employed? Are they entrepreneurs? What are they? Uh, generally, uh, young professionals. There's a surprising segment of them who are, uh, like in academia, which is interesting. interesting. I don't know what that's about. All right. So they're. Pretty well educated. Pretty well educated. There's also like a f- large contingent that's uh, just like uh, physical laborers as well. Like there's a lot of guys who like come in from construction and that's always when it's just the worst because they have this iron grip. So as soon as like they grab your wrist or grab, it's like you're not getting that back. Like now right. it's over. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a diverse spread, but... Um, so a skilled worker. I mean, it sounds like yeah. there's like self-motivated educators. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I would say. Yeah, and then definitely uh, like another segment would be skilled carpenter, like uh, skilled like handyman, not handyman's. Yeah, uh, and, what, and what you, you know see, what I'm saying. yeah, and what you see often, and this happens a lot because I know that this was the case in um, one of the gyms that I was at when I lived in Long Beach, but then it's also true in Tucson at uh, Undisputed, and it's true at Gracie, Arizona now. It's like this internal community that starts to get generated there kind of does like bartering and trading. You know what I mean? Like, so a guy who makes his own bread always brings bread in and then like trades it for uh, personal training sessions and stuff like that. Right. So, and that happens everywhere. And that's just like an example, but that's like, I remember, um, when there were, uh, gym renovations that had to go on, like one of the guys, guys was like, Oh, I'll just, just, uh, you know, get me this many private sessions and I'll, uh, I'll renovate that back or I'll paint that back room or something like that. And so it's like, there ends up being like kind of a bartering system going on in in the community, like an internal economy, which is really interesting. That is interesting. All right. So then where do those people, uh, where do they uh, converse with each other outside of the gym? Where? Yeah. I mean, you're you're right. It is a huge internet community. There's there's things like SureDog, which are specific forums for that for that sport. Uh-huh. Um, but then Reddit is pretty huge, and uh, 
Yeah, and then following that, kind of more on the, like I referenced before, Gordon Ryan, there is like a YouTube kind of contingent. Uh, because basically, people who are really into jujitsu are all nerds of a type. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Not not in the way that you might think, but that's that's I think the thing that kind of ties together the uh, skilled laborers and the academics and the you know whatever is that they all there's this. It's a very thoughtful game. Expressed. Right, they want to work. Smarter, not harder. Right. That's that's the because it's always technique over everything, over like just strength and stuff, and that's not something that you see because that doesn't translate with some other sports, even in the martial arts kind of category where it's all kind of more strength based or whatever. It's like this is a very intelligent sort of way and it's all based on laying traps and being smart and you know, whatever. So that's kind of this connecting piece that you uh you end up getting these like everyone calls jujitsu players nerd assassins because you're all just you geek out over this over this thing and like all these different these variations and very specific sort of things. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of and that that kind of circles me back to the YouTube Reddit sort of thing. I feel like that's where that lives. So it sounds the like part. they're hungry for information and like new theories to read upon and try out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very like test and retest sort of oriented. So is it more of like a is it a YouTube thing or is it a blog thing where you can write an article? There where people can, you know, it's another way to consume information. I mean, uh, I, yeah. it seems like you lean more towards uh, writing things easier. Yeah, I, I certainly do. I, and that's the thing. It's like, and to your point, it's like, I know how I could do a video and like edit it. If it was just a zoom recording like this, uh-huh. I have no fucking idea how I would do that. Like with any other, <laughs> like doing that. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I think there's probably something to be said about writing. And I, and I, I think that there could be some unique ideas around that because I don't think there is that much. I think the, the, the group, other books or anything on jujitsu that people read. Are there magazines? Uh, Probably not. Are there no websites? Are there, there's definitely websites, but it's, it's the more and more I think about it, the more I think it's driven by YouTube. Uh huh. But that doesn't mean because it's kind of like the same thing or, or, or it could be analogous to, what you're doing with with a, a radio play podcast type thing? It's like it doesn't mean that I can't find a way to do something with my skill set and do it a little different that would also attract an audience, right? Like I, I like the idea of kind of focusing on a writing aspect of it, and I think that maybe a way to do that because, for instance, something that I do that not a lot of other people do, but certain like I learned it from some of these jujitsu nerd guys is that I immediately, after I'm done training, I go and I write down what we worked on. And then also I write down like how I was like sparring afterwards and how that worked out. So uh-huh. it's like, there could be something there. Yeah. I mean, so what we've basically done is we've kind of defined your audience and where they live and the yeah. type of content they consume. Hmm. So that's like half the battle right there. Half the battle. So now you would use these, to, I guess we've made decisions or we've definitions yeah. that we've just, you know, established right here and that they'll, they'll help you motivate, uh, they'll motivate your decisions in the future for you where to put your energy. Mm. So maybe Facebook isn't the place to put your energy. Maybe right. it's Reddit, maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's. Yeah. You know, you, you really got me thinking because I, I didn't, uh, I didn't even consider Reddit at all but it's like that certainly is a do so you don't uh post on reddit at all or i don't i want to i have i don't think i've ever really been on it so i need to look at it and see what happens yeah (laughs) yeah look at it see what happens yeah that's actually it's it's like i wonder what uh what the screening like the the eddie mummy plus reddit actually would have been a really interesting experiment because i often wonder so there's a lot of let's say YouTubers that are filmmakers, they call themselves mm-hmm. filmmakers, but they make short films and they hang out on YouTube and they get, you know, a million views on YouTube and they they have their following on YouTube and um, they never really, I never really see them break out of that and move yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. I often wonder if, if they just kind of get stuck in this machine of creating this content, you know, that they support themselves with. I mean, and it, it aligns with their skill sets, but it doesn't really, it's it's not the same thing that they were actually like intending to do. It's it's 
like it becomes the 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 machine kind of works in and into itself like it becomes a repeating sort of thing right and it's like i was talking to some of my fellow elephant scout people and they're like why aren't we making a short film why aren't we making another short film with this harriet character instead of a podcast yeah and i'm like because how many short films do you know have been turned into a feature how many yeah. short film directors do you know have gone on to direct features and it's this idea, I don't know, there's like some weird stigma with creating web content or short films. Right. That doesn't translate into what I yeah. want to accomplish. So Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, I mean, that's pretty uh, impressive that you're able to kind of see that from that perspective. Because I wouldn't be able to, like, like I, I'm very aware of the patterns that I get myself into, for instance. But I'm... Like, it's pretty impressive that you're able to kind of see that, like, okay, this is what, this is something that's going on all around me that I kind of need to avoid. Uh-huh. Like, getting getting kind of, like, falling into this trap. Hmm. Well, uh, you've given me a lot to think about because now I want to go, like, I'm legitimately going to get off this call and I'm going to start just, like, reading Reddit, like, the jujitsu Reddit or all the, like, subreddits that I can connect to because I want to see, like, what people post in there. Because you're right. It's, like, you need to be able to know who you want to connect with and who you want to, like, engage with. Uh-huh. And the best way to do that is to, to start, like, looking around where they digitally hang out, so to speak. So right. um, that's a... Uh, that's an interesting idea. I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start doing that. But uh, th- it's uh, it's been a crazy three months. What do you think uh, the next three months brings? What do you think uh, the next like? It, let's say we check we check in three months down the line. Where do we think we're at? We're gonna be in a brand new year. Oh yeah, that's true. And hopefully things are a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll have a better understanding of where you want to take your product and where you want to advertise for it and push it and sell it and build your audience yeah i think i'm gonna have a uh, a more defined path to get to where i want to get uh working inside this constraints of this covid quarantine time mm-hmm. and i think uh the new year is going to bring some good stuff for us yeah I, that's what a, what an optimistic note to end on <laughs> but you know but we do need to do this work that we talk about i mean defining an audience and so yeah. i think we'll be doing more of that over the next few months yeah, yeah, the real kind of more tactical approach. T- tactical or tactile? Yeah, whatever. 